G'day there, Signets and Swanlings. 2012 Premiership player Nick Smith here. It's my pleasure, as always, to introduce a bevy of bloods, a fan podcast of the Sydney Swans Football Club, brought to you by Noddy and Steve-O, a pair of red and white tragics. So pop on the kettle and settle in as the boys has an in-depth chat about the Swans' last game, the Swans' next game, and a little bit about footy too. This is Nick Smith signing off until next week's episode. But in the meantime, remember, be good to your bloods and they'll be good to you. Welcome back to A Bevy of Bloods. My name's Noddy and I'm joined once again by my regular co-host, Chris. How you going, mate? Yes, fantastic, Noddy. Great to get a win over the little brothers, mate. How you doing? Good stuff. Yeah, good, mate. For the exact same reason. Welcome back to A-Bob. In this episode number 49, we're going to be chatting about the round 20 smashing of the Giants as well as the upcoming bogey game against North. So fluff up your tail feathers and settle in for a potentially biased yarn about all things to do with our beloved Bloods. Last Saturday afternoon at the SCG, our Sydney Swans defeated the GWS Giants by 73 points with us scoring 17-10-112 to their 5 9 39. All right, mate, first impressions, what do you think of that? I loved it. It was a beautiful, beautiful win. What's better than beating your younger brothers is beating them convincingly Uh, (laughs) to the point where they end up going to boarding school to uh, Canberra probably (laughs) at this rate. Uh, Look out. Yeah, watch out. It it was just a four-quarter performance by the whole team. It was a whole team effort. Um, Backs, mids, your wings, your forwards, everyone was getting involved. Everyone was getting a really good job done. And it was, like I mentioned, like a big spread. We had nine goal kickers across the board. That's really, really tidy. That's that's not the first time we've done that either uh, for this year. But what's particularly interesting, Noddy, if you didn't know, did you know that the Swannies are coming first in the top 100's goal scorers? With a number of number of um, players within the top 100? That's right. In this arbitrary number of 100, uh, we've got eight, <laughs> which is tied with Brisbane, but it just goes to show that we've got a fantastic spread mm. of goal kickers um, and we can go from it from a lot of different angles, your mids, uh, your typical forwards, your swing men like a Reed or a Heat. Um, they're going to all get it done. So just a, a really happy game and it looks like the team is really coming into its own now. It's really starting to fire off and no largest winning margin for the entire year so that's just yeah good and, and the giants were perplexed um to the point where their coach is just called out uh, the majority of the team and told them they weren't trying <laughs> so what, what that was more pretty, can you that was scathing wasn't it yeah <laughs> scathing is exactly the named word. and just shamed named he literally <laughs> named the ones he thought were playing and then the rest of them did, were not named. So it's just a, just for a bunch of reasons, but obviously mostly for the way that the Swans played. Very, very happy, mate. What about you? First impressions, what did you think of the game? Cracking day out in Sydney, wasn't it? Beautiful, Beautiful. weather. We had the sun on us uh, most of the day. And look, yeah, just a, another really good start. We uh, jumped out of the block, so really pleasing to have that um, you know, ability to do that again. We've been doing that over the past month or so. So it was really good to see it here again today. Oh, at the game, sorry. Um, even though the Giants had a bit of fight in the first quarter, um, there was pretty much one-way traffic after that. Obviously, the Giants scored 19 points in that first quarter, and then for quarters two, three, and four, they only managed a total of 20 points. So you can just see wow. that it, the story was our defensive effort. It was just outstanding, led 
by at the front by our our Rowie. Just an unbelievable game by Rowie. And uh, obviously then our movement back up the ground was precise. Um, you know, we used it really well. Our accuracy in front of goal was only bettered by the round two game against the Cats, which was 77%. And that's a bit of an outlier, 17-5. But this 63%, 17-10 is our second best accuracy all year. And ironically, uh, the other time we did that was against the Giants in round one for the exact same scorecard, uh, 17-10, 112. The major difference being that we are obviously kept them to 39 points as opposed to 92, I think it was in round one. So yeah, no, just really, really pleased uh, with that. Obviously, we'll, we'll you know give credit where credit's due. Sam Taylor had a fantastic game, kept Buddy quiet for most of mm. it, um, but then he you know came back and kicked three on him, so um, a right footer as well. So a Particularly interesting one with Sam Taylor. We were saying throughout mm. the game, like he's so good. He's amazing the way he plays the big mm. man, mm. but we would probably say that he got Buddy on the day, but Buddy still kicked three. So it just goes to show that it, it, you need a team effort to get mm-hmm. around them. It's just not one player is going to shut down a team. So, hey, mad. I loved it. Exactly, mate. I'm going to jump straight on the key takeaways because we've just um, touched on the fact that it was a, just a, a monumental um, defensive effort mm-hmm. and that really is the, the difference for me. Uh, we were plus 24 tackles, so we had 74, they had 50. We had uh, plus 14 inside 50 tackles, so our 20 to their six. Um, yeah, as I said earlier, second time we've scored um, the exact same points on them this year, so obviously we, we, we're playing well against them. But, yeah, just the, the, the effort in, in defense to cause the turnover and then uh, you know slingshot from there was just really really impressive mate how did mm. you uh, how did you find the game in terms of stats yeah look uh, as you mentioned that the 24 tackles plus 14 inside 50 tackles that's 20 to 6 that an enormous difference enormous difference there and it just made us uh, allowed us to just use more of the ball we just had mm. much more of the ball we had a lot of time whenever they did have the ball they were in full panic mode the pressure that was applied across the ground was probably the best of the whole year and we've had some just lightning games of pressure this year and this one was just i think particularly special uh, we even though we had applied it and the giants were responding we did not let up it was like mm. it was ingrained it's like the kpi for today leading into our finals is that we are not going to allow ourselves to uh, ease off the chain to keep mm. that pressure on the entire time plus 117 disposals sorry 117 disposals mm. and plus 33 inside 50s mm. plus 100 contested uncontested possessions across the board that mm. was just an entirely dominant display by the team and as we'd mentioned a dominant display by the team across the board not just in one particular way not just the mids but the halfbacks were really getting amongst it the half forwards were really getting amongst it it's just just a great cracking day of football really for the swans and just hopefully coming across at the right time mm. it's kind of a bit We'll go through it in a second of the teams we've got ahead of us and what that means, but it really kind of does give you a bit of a moment to pause and go, well, if we're playing this good at this time of the year, that's excellent. And maybe we've got the coaches, have got them primed up at just the right time. Mm. 
it was just really pleasing to see the the two way running as well. Like we were clearly switched on and yeah. we were there to play. And you know, if we did turn it over, we'd be fighting hard to to get back and make a contest and turn it over again. So it was just really pleasing. I mean, you could see, and the commentators were talking about it throughout the the game. I watched the replay. Um, obviously, you couldn't see it at the game as well live, but yeah, just the numbers that we had. Um, going both ways was just really pleasing, and yeah, um, yeah, just just very impressed by by the win. And obviously, I think GWS are at a different point in their um, you know their rebuild, one of a better term. But um, you know, the, as as the as their interim coach called out, you know they they didn't look like the majority of the team were really switched on, and and so we you know I guess we took advantage of that, and maybe we mm. we just. You know, bullied it, bullied them um, because of that. But yeah, I do think that, as you're saying, we we seem to be, um, you know, timing our run well, and, and and hopefully we can keep it going for the next couple of games of the home away season, so we can uh, hit the hit the ground running in finals. So on that, mate. So we are now coming fourth. We are up from sixth. We got thirteen wins. Fourth. One, fourth. two, three, four. That's it. That's the one. We were all really hoping for yeah and thank god to a couple of decisions along the way a couple of games that kind of uh, a bit of upsets ah oh, mate we've got fourth like double chances let's go come on ah so exciting <laughs> so excited it was awesome yeah obviously free i lost to melbourne um in a pretty big way and then brisbane lost to tigers in a very exciting game mm. and then carlton obviously um got beaten by by the crows so the combination of these things allowed us to leapfrog into fourth um, so yeah, unbelievable. Like, uh, and we also improved our percentage. So we were on one twenty one point nine. We're now on one twenty six point five. So thirteen wins, six losses. So as we know, we've been talking about it pretty much all year. Um, you know, thirteen wins pretty much locks you into playing finals. So we can tick that box. Um, mm-hmm. So from here on in, it's all about striving for the double chance. So yeah. currently in fourth. It's all it's all in our in our hands, you know. And we look at the the run ahead, and we've got North. Um, we're going to do a preview later on. We've got North this weekend, then Collingwood for the last home game, and then St Kilda away to finish up. So, you know, it's not they're not going to be easy games, um, certainly. Mm. But you know, if we can continue to get at least one or two of these, then that that will that will help us hopefully stay around that the you know the the fourth, at least the fourth, around fourth. Yeah. Um, and a lot was made, like even just in the last six weeks, that we had the easier run home of mm. a lot of these teams, uh, including Melbourne um, in particular. So it, I, I guess it's all kind of pieces of falling together in a way, like touch mm. wood, but mm. it does allow us to kind of give a bit of hope that maybe top four is – actively what we're trying we can keep um, knowing with the teams ahead of them uh, that some of the other players uh, some of the other teams are playing rather mm. I really schnitzled up that that moment but it, it, we, we do have a solid chance to stick to this four and definitely definitely this, and the next couple wins like especially the one against Collingwood which would probably be a good danger game considering the way they play they may beat us by one point or it'd be a draw the way that they're playing these days. They love a good close game. It's uh, down and dirty and that's the kind of style of game that we like as well. So rolling into finals, you know, a combination mm. of playing the football that we want and um, some good practice coming into it. Mm. like tidying it up very nicely mm. touch wood I mean we've we've had a pretty good run with injuries we'll chat about that later on mm-hmm. um, we've got some continuity in the squad yep. um, you know we, we've 
we're playing as we like to play. So we're starting well and we're finishing well. Um, and, you know, we're, we're, we're kicking some big scores. Like we're, we're doing all, all the things that we that the, the club is known for, you know, hard contested footy, um, which hasn't really always been there in the, in the past maybe 18 months or so, but really um, working on it at the moment. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then melding it with that, that precise ball use and movement and it's coming together well. So yeah. hopefully we can just keep it, keep it going, roll on. But um, yeah, all right, mate. Well, uh, we may as well crack on to favourite moments. Um, what were your favourite moments of the game? <laughs> well, just as you mentioned, like uh, our style of game, you know, hard around the ball, like contested possession, and also some silky uh, elite uh, skill sets. My two favourite moments: the first one is Rowie, and the very first clearance of the game, our first inside fifty. There was a bit of um, a bit of a mess going on in the centres there, and Rowie came out of what just outside of screen anyway, and burst on through, grabbed the ball. Shrugged, shrugged off a tackle, bounced to someone, and then got that clearance. And I was like, okay, Rowie has come to play today. He's basically got his, I don't know, it seems like he's feeling the game. He feels his own game and what, what he can bring to the team, and he was going for it straight off the bat. So that was a massive moment. And then Goulden's first goal when they just gave him a, way, way too much damn time. They got it out to him in that pocket. And no one got close to him. It's just like, all right, I'm just going to go for a little bit of a walk and then you know, slot one in from a bit of an angle from 35. So, Gordon, man, like just so don't, good. so good. Don't do that when he's got that, that foot skill on him. He's elite on the foot. So, yeah, just a good mixture of hard possession and just you know, general elite skill and getting loose off the players. It was a very, very nice game. And from memory, both of those moments were in the first quarter. So we didn't mess around. We were there to play from the beginning. What about yourself? Favorite moments? Mate, just a couple of little ones. Uh, one thing that stuck out, I mean, there was a, a fair few um, highlights in this game. So it was, it was hard to sort of, you know, um, Papley's little shimmy and goal. That was pretty cool. Mm. Um, but Foxy at one point, and it was sort of in front of where we, we, we sit in the O'Reilly, yeah. yep. he sort of, there was a an impending collision and he just hit the contest really, really hard and sort of sp- grabbed the ball and spun out and just evaded collision and contact. Like it was just a silky smooth, um, you know, uh, possession. And mm. I think we cleared from there. It was a rebound 50. And it just, it just, I don't know, he's just been playing so well. And, yeah, um, that was a, a good moment, I, and, I thought. And when we saw that, we looked at each other immediately, didn't we? Yeah. We just like yeah. tagged that moment, fair moments. That that was superb. It's just yeah. hard of the football and then went on to score down the other way. It's gorgeous. Yeah, definitely. And the other one for me, I think um, this is definitely in a highlights reel. I think Amadi takes a mark around center squarish. Um, he looks to switch uh, and goes towards, uh, you know, away from broadcast view towards the O'Reilly. Um, and he kicks to Goulden, who's pretty much marked up. He takes a contested mark over whoever's marking him, maybe Kennedy or, or where. But um, yeah, um, and then he handballs to Lizard, who's screaming down the wing, and then and then Lizard gets a goal. So, you know, he'd um, he'd bust open his eye, eyebrow, and it was you know bleeding everywhere. And <laughs> but he he just had another great game as well, Lizard. Mm-hmm. So I just I love that moment because you know we um, we've been benefiting from his beautiful kicking off the half back, uh, you know, for a couple of years now. But we forget that he's you know that that good a kick is is at, you know just as good in front of goals. And That's right. it was it was a great. Great moment, and um, 
Yeah, look, that- the, the other thing was I think um, I, I really liked the fact that, you know, there was I think maybe three or four minutes left and we'd just gotten, I think Amadi had gotten it behind and we got us to the 100. And, and you know, you, we probably could have closed it out there and just, you know, gotten a few more. We could have just, you know, killed the clock. But we actually, you know, kept our, our, our foot on the throat um, and, and we got another couple of goals and, mm-hmm. and it pumped the percentage and I just thought that that was, you know, a, a, a mature approach. And, yeah. and really, like, great to see, I yeah. think. And, but, like, considering, let's look at the ladder. We are coming third on percentage. So yeah. third in the percentage ranks. So uh, the, the Cats just killing it, 100, 135. Yeah. Uh, Melbourne, 132. And, um, sorry, someone's calling me. And the Swan is at 126. So we're a little bit behind. But these percentages, as we know, as we've already proven, as we can look at the numbers as they stand right now, are going to be unbelievably important between the three and six range because any one of these teams can go on a bit of a hot run last couple games and fight for it. So as you mentioned, mate, we did need those extra 12 points to make a difference. It makes a massive difference by the end. Mm. Awesome, mate. All right. Well, uh, next up is the A Bob Medal, which is our equivalent of the Bob Skilton Medal. The Bevy's best bloods this week in three, two, one points order were O Errol, uh, and then Luke Pucker, and then our our guy Rowie James mm. Rowbottom. So, um, once you kick us off with uh, Errol, mate, what yeah, do you make of this Errol, well, arguably the best game of his career so far. Mm. And again, it's one of those things where we're saying this multiple times in a year. So you can see that he's progressively getting better and better, getting more hands on the ball, becoming more dangerous with it. And not this week wasn't just about uh, Errol just you know, slotting people from with his amazing foot skills. He was also amongst them putting pressure down and getting everything done. So really just a great game. I don't understand how he didn't get best on ground and get the old Brett Cokey medal. Uh, mm. But, you know, obviously Parker's paying the right people to make that happen. He also had an incredible <laughs> game anyway. We're going to talk about him in a second. But, yeah, cracking stuff by Errol. And the crowd, when he scores, the crowd gets so excited. It's like mm. he's – uh, he's such an icon of the team and of, of the team and of the fans. I think all the fans already know that we're looking at someone and a player who's potentially going to be a very, very special player for such a long time at the Swans. His mm. family's embedded in the Bloods. Mm. It's just exciting that seeing him so young to be that good. We're getting, we're reaping benefits of him already, and there's just so much that's going to happen along the mm. future. So, go yeah. Errol, go for it, mate. What about the stats on old Errol? So yeah, I've just uh, before that I will say like mm-hmm. Horse um, was asked about him in the uh, the post game press conference and um, just said that yeah he I think even when he's on the bench he's contributing mm. and he's able to understand the changes that are happening within a game as they're happening um, and then able to you know act on that and and then give you know um, support and direction. As a twenty, he's just turned twenty, it's right? 20, and so, right? you know, the, the 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 smarts that he shows. Everyone talks about footy IQ. The commentators were on about it as well. But he truly is a very very clever footballer. And mm-hmm. you know, thirty three disposals at sixty six percent, but still um, didn't feel like it was that low. It felt like you know mm-hmm. most most of his disposals were running at about eighty five. But maybe that's the effect of impact. But yeah, ten inside fifties, um, which is best on ground. Six score involvements and kick two snags himself. So. So, um, nice. yeah, that's there's some there's some pretty good stat lines, and yeah, as you said, a bit unlucky not to win the uh, the BK medal, mm. 
But uh, we will get on to who won that um, was our boy uh, Lukey Parker, fifth mm-hmm. time to win the Brett Kirk medal and third in a row. So Parker mm-hmm. just doing absolutely Parker things, often flying under the radar. But what do you make of his game? Yeah, huge. From one potential future captain in Errol to our current captain in Parker, mm. uh, 34 disposals, uh, 16 con- contested, best on ground, uh, seven tackles, second um, in the game, and eight scoring invest- involvements that's best on ground again. So Parker, just as you mentioned, Noddy, the kind of character that's getting it done, it's not flashy necessarily. He's not going up forward and kicking too many, although he had a he had a good shot. Um, he's leaving that off to some of the other fellows and he's kind of sticking around, more just sticking around the mids and around the contested football um, as his role. And maybe it's a little bit less flashy in the later starts of this season, but everyone knows and you can see it. You rewatch the games, you look at the numbers, the guy is doing his absolute standard Parker game, which is dominating that contested possession and, and willing that team forward. Mm. Talk about willing uh, the team forward. Uh, James Rowbottom. Uh, I reckon his best game in a very long time. He's had yeah. some really good ones in the past, but obviously he had a bit of a bit of an injury last year. And but he's had a good run at it, and he's really cemented his spot. He's you know one of those um, players that's benefited from a bit of extra time um, with Joey being out for as long as he was. But yeah, his repeat efforts in the contest to make tackle after tackle was just awesome. It was inspiring, and I'm sure it was for the other players out there. But he has actually climbed two spots into seventh for most tackles in the AFL. Wow. So he's got a total of 118, and Millsy is still ahead of him, mm-hmm. um, and they're our top two tacklers. But he's averaging 6.6 tackles a game. So um, yeah, just just played so well, didn't he? He just, I mean, he also probably was a bit unlucky not to potentially get the Brett Kirk medal. But yeah, um for sure. I guess the difference was um in the disposals there. But um what do you think of uh Rowie's game, mate? Yeah, you watch the game, you you can see his impact. He was just feisty. He was dirty. Mm-hmm. He was amongst it. He just copped an absolute beating by Proust in uh, that second <laughs> quarter, I think. Just yeah. got absolutely cleaned up. But you know, shook it off a bit and then got out there and just started tackling guys harder. So, uh, Rowie just he need he probably needs to get a bit little bit more meat on him um, to get a bit bigger to get a bit more confidence in his own body. But it doesn't look like that's slowing him down. It looks like whatever's happened in the last three or four weeks, maybe as Joey's become fitter, he's gone. Oh no, I got to keep my spot. So I got to pretend to be like Joey the Adonis and just start ruining guys at, at every opportunity, and he's getting he's doing it, mate. So, thirteen tackles, uh, best on ground with Parker being seven, so double the amount of tackles to his next down. Uh, twenty three disposals at sixty six percent efficiency, which is the best between Parker. Warner and himself, so best of the three mids, although Parker was at 65, so not far off. Um, and 29 pressure acts, which is best on ground. So mm. if we want to talk about the quality <clears throat> of tackle and pressure uh, in the game and what, how the difference that makes, Rowie was an enormous part of it. And as I'm saying all of this, arguably should have got three points, but nonetheless, he's really, really, really coming together as a ball in the inside. He kicked, he kicked at least one, didn't he? I thought he did, yeah. Hang one on. Or two. Hang on. Let's have a look. This he certainly happened. had a set shot on goal. I think he kicked. Yeah, one A-Bob, one. A-Bob stats at, on the fly. Let's go. <laughs> one goal, one. One goal, one. There you go. Yeah. Yep. Not bad. Not bad for a day out there for yeah. Rowie. 
Yep, totally. Uh, oh, they get, that's what happens with the stats on the fly. You drop the phone. All right, mate. Um, so we're going to do a few honourable mentions now. Um, do you want to kick off with your two? Yeah, if you don't mind, I'm going to go with Reedy. Um, everyone on this listens to his potty knows that I'm a big Reedy fan and have been for a while. Uh, and to see him putting together this consistent form makes me very, very happy. At the beginning of the year, there was a lot of talk like don't even bother letting him come back into the season. Like don't bother training <laughs> him. He's done. Like we signed him up, but like he's finished for the year. Let's just move on with Amati and the other fellows. So Reedy's come in. And just amazing. So three mm. kicked three one, uh, which is only second only the Heaney with the, he got the extra behind. So Heaney kicked the three two. Uh, so really with the three goals and tied with the rest of the team. Eighteen disposals at eighty three percent efficiency. Mm. Thirteen hitouts to go with it, and uh, four tackles. And in terms of the hitouts to go up there looking at the other stats at 62 percent um hit out rate over the contest which is the uh highest second highest only to marty who only had the three contests anyway so really with 21 contests 13 hit outs that is a dominant display of mm. rock duties and to see him just chopping out every now and then to help out ricky uh, ricky hickey yeah. mate um, it, it's it's just gorgeous. Like to see him as a big part of the team is massive, and he's not just getting it done in his contested you know, marking ways. He's also putting pressure on and doing the team things. So yeah, big game from Rudy. Um, the other one, I'll make this a bit quicker. Foxy, uh, Foxy has been playing on Lightning the last few weeks, uh, getting better and better and better every single week. 19 disposals at 94% efficiency. Uh, I'll do the math at the top of my head. I think that's only one um, that would have been bad um, in that case. Uh, looked absolutely sharp, and there is no question at all that Foxy is the a, a, a solid inclusion in our team. At this point, just what he does with the carry, just what he does in terms of his kicking quality. Um, he is a bigger – he's a – good sized fellow so he can carry on with someone and you take him with some of those dangerous mids or those guys who roll up forward and he just sticks onto him and he's a he gets it done so yeah grand to see foxy in a minx amongst it all he's he's very very nice and it just makes me happy to see some of these players that have kind of been on the sides that are starting to find some real form and sticking in this team continuity i'm going to talk about uh lizard heat Heaney and Papley. So um, we've already spoken about um, Blakey and some of his moments, but 11 intercepts, he had 21 disposals at 90%. He was just looking sharp, looking quick. Um, you know, he's had some really good defensive moments as well. Um, you know, he was able to get off the, the our defensive uh, 50 and, and rebound and just, um, you know, create opportunities for us. So mm-hmm. um, Lizard doing his things. Uh, Heat. Obviously, three goals, two, 17 disposals, four tackles, three clearances. Um, had a good game, looked lively, looked dangerous. Um, you know, you know two, two behinds away from kicking a bag. So, um, yeah, looking very good as well. Tommy Papley, just a bit of a note. Um, there was a good article, I think, done by one of the guys in the AFL um, uh, site, but I'm just going to paraphrase basically. So, over the past month, so coming into this game, um, Tommy Papley has had increased centre bounce attendances, so more midfield minutes. He's got that sort of centre bounce um, injection of dynamism there, so that point of difference we've been talking about over the past couple of weeks. Um, in doing that, Papley has skyrocketed into the elite tier for score involvements, forward 50 ground ball gets, and goal assists. 
In fact, I think he's he's number one for all those categories before the Giants game. Um, we'd have to punch the numbers and see where he sits now, but um, I mean, the point is he's elite in these areas. So he's mm-hmm. he's he's not only um, providing this incredible offensive edge, and the fact that he's getting like you know a bucket load of shots on goal. He's not he's not converting all of them and that's probably the one knock on his game but he's 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 getting so much you know he's just moving the ball forward so much but it's not just that it's also the fact once it's down there he's uh, he's really helping with the with the tackle the tackle yeah. pressure and keeping everything down there so i mean he kicked two goals and had four clearances so um and uh, had a pretty tidy amount of pressure acts as well for a small forward so he had a pretty good game as well but yeah just want to highlight the fact that he has really come on as well and it's sort of all clicking at the same time mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. Warner's stepping up Rowie's looking good um Goulden's you know a, just a genius um and then you've got Tommy Papley who's taking his game to a whole new level with this additional role so mm-hmm. very pleasing yep. very pleasing good to indeed. see Papley is a staple now of the team plan and mm-hmm. until the other teams you know, until the teams find another way to be able to shut him down they're just going to keep throwing him in the mix. And who are you going to sit on him? Are you going to have someone to sit on the guy? Like if the, if so, then he will just roll up forward, right? So, mm. he, he, yeah, he's just a very dangerous little guy, um, just insane at the same time. It's a weapon. I will say, um, just a comment without notice, two players that we've had in, in the honorable mentions for the probably last three weeks, we had Stevens and Clark. Mm-hmm. And I think that they probably did a similar role to what they have been doing, but maybe I'm just used to it by now. So I don't think that they had like what you would say is like bad games, certainly no, by, by no means at all. But mm. um, yeah, I, I guess I just, I think these other players probably deserved a bit more of a mention, but yeah. um, I, sorry, yeah. in, in hindsight, in sorry, in, um, I will say that Stevens is looking I think he continues to look quite strong and dangerous in fact he showed a lot of pace he he burnt Josh Kelly a couple of times um it's clearly his confidence is building and Mm -hmm. that's just such a good thing for for him and for us so yeah I got him in there anyway I agree. And while we're at it, he there was a moment in the back line, just on our goal line, that there was a bit of a scramble. Ball rolled over to him and he had, at that point, every right to just blast the ball up, you know, to get it outside of the 50, to hope for a contest and just get it done and get it out of there, considering the pressure. He didn't. He sat on it. He calmed right down and he looked around and he took a few steps um, and then ended up finding a decent opportunity to kick into a contest into some space. So it just showed a lot of maturity from him. It seems like mm. the time on the ground to see the, the pace of the games, he tried to keep up with it. He's starting to keep up with it. Mm. And we're seeing the benefits really quickly. And Noddy, I'll tip my cap to you, sir. You did mention that uh, of all the players this year, we may see Stevens to really break out. Mm. Um, I wouldn't go so far as to see, like, to say we've seen his potential. I think his potential is is a lot higher, uh, but mm. but he's definitely coming into his own, and uh, it's a great lead up season um, to what probably be a breakout for next year. So yeah, hopefully, good stuff, yeah. Man. I think I just actually want to use your um, example there of, of of what he did there in the back line. I, I remember the play you're talking about, and mm. I think what I think it highlights the learning, the 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 
the attitude to improve, the want to improve. Mm. I remember the remember the week before, um, I think it was the Adelaide game, and he just bombed long without looking. Um, Papley was open on the wing, and he just went long and and turned it over. Mm. So no doubt they had uh, several um, internal meetings after mm. that, and say just take a second, have a look, assess your options, try and make the right decision. Mm. So yeah, he he actually just looked smarter this week and in doing so just I thought yeah performed a role so much that he he, he kind of looks like he really deserves to be there now yeah, um, whereas it's, it's, it's starting to look like that's his spot it's yeah, not quite yeah. but it's starting to look like it is yeah 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 much better much more secure than it has been in the past yeah for so sure. um yeah. anyway good to see good to see good to hear all right um coaches votes we'll close this out Goulden got nine Rowie got eight Parker got seven Sam Taylor got three Reed got two and Blakey got one. So we were right amongst it. All right, mate, let's move on to hot topics. How do we pull up after the match? What changes would we make? Um, how about that VFL game that we're at and anything happening with AFLW? So um, let me kick, kick us off here, mate. So no injuries listed, although mm. I think Hickey went off and came on. Lizard obviously had had a stack of claret coming out of his head. Um, and did you see anyone else get a knock during the game? I don't recall anyone else going through any problems there. No, I thought Paddy McCartan have a bit of a Toby Green did, did did a grub thing, and then but I think he played on. It would have been okay. Yeah, no one mm. no one's listed as injured anyway. Injury list is looking fantastic. It's mm. um, there's like four four players and two of them are long term. So Naismith and Sheether, but. Mm. Um, yeah, look, I uh, I think I think that Laddams is good to go. Is probably good to go before, like for this game, for the Giants game. But um, he'd definitely be ready to go against North. Mm-hmm. But I mean, this is really it. Like we haven't he has we haven't really tinkered with the team over the past three to four weeks. So why do it now when we're playing like we're playing? Look, what, uh, what's what's your position? Yeah, my my counterpoint is I've said a couple of weeks now. Hickey looks. Bugged. He looks beat up. He looks really tired. He's. I, I, I think I put a video out last week in that he's just needing to. He's playing well. Like he's 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 passing the ball well. He's seeing it. He's seeing it decently. He's getting some clearances, but he's not moving very well at all. Like mm. he he was the kind of player where he just burn his own ruck guy, be up the forward and just take a mark uncontested because he's the only guy there. The other guy wouldn't follow. Mm. He hasn't done that for. Since you know, since he got that first injury and then into the toe turf, and now I just see him just really struggling to move, and that's it's just not one hundred percent a hickey. And as we roll into the finals, I think we want the best that we can get out of him, uh, considering mm. you know maybe his last couple of years, and I think that's probably been said about him the last couple of years again. So um, I just want to see him at full flight, um, the Jesus resurrected. You know, come back out of that, get that stone, roll that stone out of the way, and get it back out there, Hickey. And I think mm. having him rest a week uh, and get Laddams in would be fantastic. But I also see the benefits in trying to keep some continuity going into the finals and making sure you've got your best team lined up, ready to go. But I still see that Laddams, when we saw him come in, he was doing everything right outside of the getting around and moving. Uh, and that's only going to get better progressively throughout the season. So I like to see Laddams come in for Hickey just for the week and not because Hickey's playing badly, but purely because um, he's not playing at his full potential and we would want to see his full potential by the end of the year. And another week um, in the ruck battle of him, honestly, just not 
enough. The 28% uh, hitouts to ruck contests, which is low to a, a standard. And that's probably, if I recall off the top of my head, that's been like three or four weeks since he's come back, basically. It's been the same. So just not the same dominant hickey we normally have. I'm only rallying for him to have a rest purely for the reason that he just probably needs one and it's just maybe it's just time at this time of the year to give him a day off far out. Give the, mm. give the guy a day off. He's old. <laughs> All right, mate. I think that you've you've um, pledged your case for Hickey to have a bit of an in-season Pleading. rest. Um, so we we stayed after the AFL game and we – we kicked on. We, mm. you and you and me and Steve O and his dad and and uh, my bro Nugs was there and then he left and then we just kept drinking cans and they kept serving us. So we <laughs> we were okay with that. Obviously, um, it got to a point that was pretty ridiculous at, um, as the game wore on. But yeah, we had a good win there as well over the the Giants reserves. So I think it was about a forty point win. Um, to me, the you know McLean kicked three straight. Logan won three, so Logan's you know confidence or radar is still a bit off. Um, otherwise, Joey Cunningham, Robert Sheldrick, Wicks, Gould, and Ronk all look pretty good. Not mm-hmm. going to go into numbers, but Gould particularly, I think, is looking looking very solid. And I I've, I'm just wondering, in the same you know following your logic, you know, do you give Hickey a bit of a, a week off? Not that Rampy is looking injured, but is this the week that Rampy does have a rest and Gould finally gets his debut? I don't think it will be, but I just want to raise that as a possibility because, mm. you know, we we had a really good look at, at these players because, you know, um, you know, we've been watching VFL on, on the app and um, we get out to Tramway when we can, but we had a really good um, vantage uh, of, of, of the players and we mm. got a really good understanding of their lines and, and their roles and <clears throat> Gould, Gould looked good. You know, he's, he's got one hell of a mean spoil. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm just putting it out there on the radar. Um, I don't think we'll tinker with the team mm. just for the continuity, but yeah, just putting it out there into the ether, mate, and see what sticks. Yeah, I think we said it last week as well. Maybe ramp here is time for him just to have a rest. Um, maybe against North of all people, that's the time to do it. Mm. So that would make some sense. Although we did. Yeah, as you mentioned, and as the coaches uh, mentioned as well, the the wording is you know he's, there's still consistency to drive into his game. Um, he's still not quite there. It just goes to show that he's all he's he's very 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 good. He's playing very well in the VFL, but the coaches can still see quite a bit to do in him, which is a positive thing. I think they look at him with uh, a long term project that's going to be paying a lot of dividends, and 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 especially the backmen, they, they they need to be quite mature to do it properly. You you can't mm. be a young guy just sprinting over every single ball that comes your way. You need to be ingrained into that style, and um, and so maybe it's just a matter of time to see him do that and just get some more. More, more fitness under him another preseason. It it seems like it's 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 very clear that there, it's a um it's it's basically you you're waiting in the wings f- for for Rampy to retire. I basically. think if you're Will Gould, yeah, um, because you know like the the role that he plays is third tall, mm-hmm. and and you know um, Rampy hasn't ha- Rampy isn't doing that this year because of the emergence of the McCartan brothers. Prior to that, he'd obviously been play, he'd play key defender, play tall, mm-hmm. um, you know, often giving away you know f- fifteen centimeters. Mm. But um, 
you know, and, and he played well. He actually Rampier played quite well. I think he um for 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 most parts of the game he was on Toby Green and did a pretty good job on him to be honest. But mm. um there was one moment where he tackled Toby Green took a mark and Rampy tackled him and they were both just lying on the ground for a little bit too long. I don't know if you recall that, but um, I no. thought it was funny. They were both just like resting on each other. It was quite a sweet moment actually. But um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, so for me, um, you know, like and I think Steve-O made the point as well. It was it, He was very happy to, to see what he saw um, and made the point afterwards that, you know, he thinks that back – you know, um, a backline of, of of Paddy, Tommy, and Gould is is quite confidence in, inspiring. So, mm. um, yeah. So it, it's just a matter of when, really, um, and hopefully, um, obviously, will Gould having the patience to to buy into that and stick around and not jump ship too soon. But um, yeah, um, exciting times ahead. Anyway. Mm-hmm. My question to you, and this is sort of moving off um, the the talk of our team and and what it might look like coming up against the Roos, but we made a few points about Hopper and Taranto, and obviously there's been talking points um, you know, about Tom Green as well potentially um, as trade targets. So, hmm. what did you make of their games? I it's one of those ones. They were disappointing. They were clearly mm-hmm. disappointing. They they mm-hmm. weren't there. Their head was on the game. They played at one quarter, and then you see them came out at that second quarter and they just stopped. It's like there's moments of the game in particular leading up to that golden goal where around that golden goal where they're just standing still. They're flat-footed. No one's chasing anyone. They're looking for someone else to pick up their man. Mm. It was disappointing. And I don't – and we've got Hopper and Taranto potentially available for a pickup and both those players are very good um, and they will go into – any team uh, in, in in the comp. And I think just watching them play and being that disappointing, that's not their game. They are good players and it's just the whole GWS team was just flat and ordinary. That's mm-hmm. the way I look at it, mate. Do you look at it any differently than that? Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate, mate. Like, um, yeah, I'm just looking at disposals here. Tom Green, 17, Taranto, 16, Hopper, 15, and that was sort of middle of the pack for them. Um, you know, Kelly, Whitfield, Perryman, Ward, Taylor, these these guys were all above them. So, yeah, they didn't sort of do too much. But th- then again, I think Taranto's played a lot uh, – sorry, Hopper's played a lot less footy this mm. year than Taranto. But I, as I said, I think it was most of the team thing. That's what I remembered. Okay, I've just remembered something. Um, I don't know if you recall, uh, Rampy tackled – uh, Taranto at one point and it was a bit of a sling tackle a bit dangerous I don't he wasn't put on report during the game I just wonder if there's going to be some sort of um, second look at it and if they can do that but we know, would have I, heard it by now I think and mm, I haven't seen anything we're, we're recording Tuesday okay. that usually comes out by now yeah so mm. haven't heard anything so you assume it's it's all good but and obviously Taranto played the rest of the game but it did look a little bit um, ugly in the uh, slow motion replay but um Anyway, um, I'll put a little asterisk on Hopper and I'll come back to that in our one last thing. Um, Other than that, a few things going on in the AFL world, TV rights deal. Um, Everyone's trying to, you know, buy buy the AFL. Um, It's the broadcast deal at the moment. That's They're in the thick of that. So we'll have to wait and see. And the biggest part about that, so Channel 7, 9, 10 and Foxtel all in the mix. Everyone's vying for it. It's going to be the biggest television rights deal of all time at this rate just expect it to be and it's been progressively getting way way bigger since 
the, the early uh, Gil McLaughlin days. And so that's great, great for the sport, I guess. But with Foxtel trying to get into the mix and trying to basically restrict the amount of um, views you get because they make their money not of the advertising but, of course, of subscri- subscriptions um, to the system. So no one wants that. And in particular, some of the uh, some of the WA and South Australian uh Members and, and fans, unfortunately, cop uh, a raw deal just because of the amount of games that they get in their local area. So it's really, in terms of what everyone wants, you're, you're looking at some of those other, the, the main channels, the free-to-air channels to get it. And some of the other ones, like Channel 7 and Channel 10, I think are pushing to have all of the games on their digital platforms on replay as well. So similar to like KO, uh, so they'd be able to just rewatch the game from their digital platform, which would be fantastic. And that's free to air, right? Mm. And that's that's kind of what it should be because the sponsorships are kind of happening, and and you're still getting money off the advertising. So let's see where this ends up. But uh, hopefully, it ends up in the right way because the more games there are on free to air TV, it also expands the game. And these deals are also including AFLW as well. So it's just a good way to expand the game, free to air TV across the nation. Let's see mm. where we end up anyway. Good segue. Um, talking AFLW, tell me about talking it. AFLW. So the Swannies, I think today, announced that they have a new podcast is being released. Um, it's continuing. There's like a series of them where it's called Talking AFLW. You can find it on Spotify and Apple, same place as you get these podcasts. Bear of your bloods. Don't know if you heard about them. Um, and, <laughs> you. What, you, and what they do is uh, they're actually going to be talking to a bunch of players uh, in the AFLW team. They're sitting down with uh, Tom Harley. Um, they're having a, a chat with Scott Gowans, the AFLW coach, and a number of AFLW industry leaders and whatnot. So um, it's meant to kind of show, have a bit of an inside look of what is the mechanics of the team and the structure of the, the club in that way. So it's going to have some nice insight, I think. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, first one came out today. I'll have a listen tomorrow. And, and there's going to be quite a few of them coming through. So make sure you follow them on Apple and Spotify. It's going to be fun. Good stuff, mate. All right. Have you got anything else in this section? One last thing, I would like to say that we rang a Riley Macca. So for people, Riles Macca, for people out there that don't know, jump onto your YouTube, type in Riles Macca, R-I-L-E-S space M-A-C-C-A. Riles Macca has some really good AFL content. And in particular, he's a big Swans fan. He'll live cast the Swans game as it's happening. So you can always have that on the side and see other Swans fans chatting while you're watching the game, a little bit of side commentary from Riles himself. He's very well into the game. He's always got nice content. We rang into his show at the halftime point. Uh, we were in a busy bar at the time. We are down the Four Pines Bar at the SCG, and we couldn't hear a life of him. Um, and so he came across – I listened back to the replay, and he came across as just belligerent. So I'm <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Ryan. He's a good character, mate. He laughed it off. It's just like, it's fine, mate. It's all no problem. But uh, for the next time we do it, we'll do it a bit better. But he's an absolute cracking guy. He's got some great content. So if you like some YouTube stuff, make sure you look him up, Riles Macker. 
Good stuff. Yeah, I, could, I really couldn't hear a thing. So yeah. apologies, mate. Looking forward to the um, better quality on, on our end next time. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll lift our game. All right. Well, um, that's it for our topics. Let's move on to the quick preview. So quick recap. As we said, we're fourth up from sixth, 13 wins, six losses. We are playing North Melbourne Kangaroos. Mm. They are currently sitting in 18th place um, on – Two wins and seventeen losses. Um, with is that is that, I want to say that's a typo, but I feel like it's not a percentage of fifty four point nine percent. Let's okay. have a quick look, my friend. Yeah, fifty four point nine. Ouch. Okay. Ish. All right. So this Sunday afternoon at Marvel. So we obviously we played them earlier in the year. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, this Sunday afternoon at Marvel, we're taking on the Ruse. So we are four from one from our last five on a four game win streak. They are one and four coming off a two game losing streak. We've won the past five games against the Ruse, but um, you know the the round four game um, in Sydney was actually our closest um, win all year. So mm. this year, not talking about the Roos, but just in general, um, Sydney by eleven. So um, well, one of, but uh, you know they really pushed us that day, and it was quite stressful. We were there at the ground, and it really looked like we were going to get done, but mm. uh, scraped through. Luckily. Um, you know, the, the, the past five games against the Kangaroos have been decided by 14 points or less, you know, um, and so we're talking about like uh, 11, 14, 11, 5 and 6, so average points of 9. So very close games, mm. much, much closer than you'd want at this point in the season whenever all – a lot of Swans fans out there doing simulations about, <laughs> you, know, um, you know, us flogging ruse and pumping yeah. the percentage and Not all these other things. Yeah. I, I think we're getting a little ahead of ourselves there. I think that we need to take this as seriously as we take any other game because this is the kind of one that we could we could drop and we really don't want to be doing that. As we said, we've got three games left, North, Collingwood and St Kilda, and we, we really, really want to bank this, but we don't want to go in thinking that that's what's going to happen. Um I look they're they're obviously in a in a world of hurt. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're going to be probably getting some draft concessions next year or the end of this year. Sorry for for the following year. Um, you know, I think you've got a point there. You want to make about uh, their coaching situation. Yeah, well, they look they're winning the race to the bottom uh, <laughs> for that first round pick, and they're also winning the race for Clarkson all at the same time. Which is kind of funny considering that Clarkson didn't want to rebuild with the Hawks, it said, and so he left. So instead he's going to go to the Kangaroos who are coming last with an anchor and have a couple of decent players, you know, New Yak and, and those fellas. Like, but they don't, they've got a lot of pieces to put together. Who knows if Clarkson's the fellow to do it? All of a sudden, it becomes a destination venue. I don't think so. Mm. Yeah, I don't know what's going on <clears> in the ruse, mate. They're in a world of hurt from a bunch of different reasons. But like you said, Noddy, there's just the history tells it. Close games have been have been won with them, and they, they put up a fight, and no difference around four, uh, which was a bit of a sore point. If I remember, that's right. So. The Cats round two, Buddies 1000, went down to Marvel, got flogged by a really disappointing-looking Bulldogs team and then came back to Sydney to win against uh, the Roos in that 
what was an ordinary display of football across the board. Um, mm. So it's you never know. You really don't know. You really don't know. 13-8 to 12-3 is what we, we uh, scored that day against the uh, the Roos. So they were accurate mm. and we were inaccurate. I think that was the story. But, um, yeah, look, I just – Question with that notice, man. You've just got me thinking. Clarko going to North, buddy's mm. deal not done. Um, my thing Ooh. is, I think I think North are really missing a key forward. You know, they've, <laughs> they've got Suvlaki, they've got uh, Combin, they've got uh, CCJ, who they brought over as a ruck forward from the Tigers. Um, but um, there might be a few other players that I'm missing. Obviously, um, Zerha, but he's more of that third tall. Mm. Um, but yeah, look, I, I just wonder if they. If the Clarko power and if yeah, if that's an gonna, interesting point. That's a thought. I've, I've never, just I've just just thought of it. Wow. But like because they've got Jason Horn Francis, who is just such a fantastic player mm-hmm. and going to be a star of the comp. You know, they've got the nucleus of a really good young team, but they're just missing a few of those little finishing touches to get them on the right track to 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 get that winning mentality. Hmm. So um, yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. Anyway, I don't, I don't know. know. There's I, been. No, I don't think there's anything in the in the news or anything. If anything, they're, they're saying they want to go back to Gold Coast because that's yeah. where Jacinta's family's from. So, um, yeah, I don't know. You're, I, just, I can't believe you're throwing this kind of fuel on the fire, mate. Like I know you, you've given. You've probably right now that this has not been a, to- a talking point at all in the game, and you just dropped this hammer. But like, what if it happens? You heard it here first. That's right. You heard it here first. You got to put happen. your neck out to. Uh... Well, like, yeah, that's that's interesting. Any, anyway, getting ahead of ourselves, obviously. So, um, <laughs> look, there's the yeah the the ruse, as you said, like um, Davies Uniac, he's having a really good good year. Um, yeah, I think Horn Francis is back into the team. So you know they've mm. got a couple of other high draft picks that aren't really playing at the moment. Um, so yeah, it's gonna look. I, I don't think it's gonna be um, an easy game by by no means. And uh, at least we're on Marvel. Um, we we do play well there. It's a big field as well. Um, depending on the weather, they might have the roof closed. But um, yeah, um, I'm nervous as I am every week because mm. the, the closer we get to finals and the, the higher up we go in the ladder, the less likely I am to even contemplate giving a tip. <laughs> a tip. But um, yeah, I don't know. All right. I'm, I'm going to do it, Noddy. I'm doing it. Okay, I reckon mate. the Swans are going to win this game. Okay. I'm saying it here. I I don't know why I am doing this because since I've stopped doing this, we've been winning every game. Oh God! Oh, why have, why have what I have done, you done this? Oh, what have I done? Anyway, in a close game, though, surely it were uh, in a blowout. We're going to blow them out. Okay. All I right. Like you heard it here. Yep, you heard it here first. You're going to blow it out. Um, Heaney's going to kick four. Um, Reed's going to kick two. Uh, Buddy's going to kick uh, five. Uh, it's going to be a, a dropping. There you go. Goodness. Okay, you've really, uh, you've really, you've really gone down that <laughs> hypothetical scenario. All right, mate. Well, uh, let's leave it there and just hopefully, hopefully, just massage that with good vibes and um, fingers crossed. And um, yeah, yeah. God, let's goodness. see how we go. I can't believe let's I've done that. I don't know. There's no benefit to me doing that. Only negatives. Why do you but do that? I don't know. I just, I just like, like to see the start. world burn sometimes. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, <laughs> hey, mate. I've got one last thing. Go for it. So um, before the game. Uh, against the Giants, uh, my bro and I, we sat down at uh, on the end of the table um, that was already occupied by a group of people in the Four Pines bar. And, you know, I said, g'day, you know, do you mind if we sit on the end of the table? Yeah, no worries. And then just got chatting. Um, I think it was uh, the, the merch. Yeah, I had, uh, I had a, my, 
my rugby jersey on my South Melbourne rugby jersey, and they thought that that was pretty interesting. They hadn't seen that before, um, so we just got chatting. Um, two of them had Swans gear on; the other two were sort of just in civvies. Um, no, no. Not affiliations. Yeah, no affiliation, not Giants, not Swans. But as it turns out, they were Jacob Hopper's cousins, basically. Wow, yeah. from Originally from West Wyalong, um, the Swans couple had spent some time in, in WA and that's kind of how they sort of fell in love with footy again. Um, although being from, you know, um, Wagga, West Wyalong, it's very strong out there, obviously. And and this is where, you know, um, you know that's why Jacob – Hopper was, um, you know, zoned to the Giants because they've got that that catchment. That it's such a breeding ground for mm. for, for talent, um, obviously. And um, and I think that one of the gents actually played uh, Newcastle Knights, so um, in in the reserves maybe or the juniors. But you could tell that that even the the the, the people I was talking with, they were they were athletic um, types. And um, you know, it was we had we just had a really good chat and um, learn a bit about them and where they're from. And um, you know, I think they were in Sydney. For, for sport they'd seen the league the night before and they were there obviously to cheer on um, Jacob against the Swans but um, you know it wouldn't be uh, a conversation with Noddy if I didn't press so and, and press for some inside goss um, so I said <laughs> yeah obviously you know Jacob Hopper he's, he's, he's potentially up for um, you know he's in for trade, do you guys have any inside goss that, you know, yeah. and I'll let them know that I do a podcast and I would, with their blessing, mm. reference this conversation. So what what I'm sharing now is is nothing, um, you know, mind-breaking, but they were of the opinion, and this wasn't, um, you know, verified by Jacob himself, but that they thought that, you know, one of the Victorian clubs would come for him and they were of the opinion that it would be Essendon. Right. So I thought that was just an interesting point that they made and obviously I said, you know, um, I think there's a lot of Swans fans that would love to see him in the red and white, um, but they, they were pretty quick to say, you know, it's the, you know, it's probably going to be one of the Victorian teams. So, mm-hmm. you know, we can, right. we, we can, you know, we can wait and see what happens. Um, you know, um, the Bombers do need that type of player, to be honest. That's probably mm-hmm. who they're targeting. So that makes sense. And that's probably been in the in the media as well. So, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But, yeah, I just want to shout out to to that group, that family. And I'm just going to call them the Hoppers because totally forgot to get their name. So my apologies. But, yeah, <laughs> um, I let them know about the podcast. And, um, yeah, hopefully they've they've stuck fat through, uh, you know, the 50 minutes or so this far. But, um, yeah, just want to give them a shout out and said that, yeah, they were awesome and it was really cool meeting them and um yeah they were good sports okay hopper adding to the multitude of fantastic players that come from that part of the world exactly like, exactly quite a so, lot of them. What, what a weird place even our boy cunningham's from there so yeah yeah lovely good stuff yep. As Nugs, as Nugs, um, let them know. We, we, our family's from out there originally. Um, sort of moved, uh, you know. Um, grandfather, he, he, he did some um, time out there with the, um, the, on the stations, like with the, the sharing and stuff. So, yeah, right. Um, but yeah, no, no, it's, um, no offense, uh, mate, but I could never imagine yourself or Nugs being on an AFL pitch in a professional sense. On it, no. Well, no. I just don't think our bodies would allow it, mate. And and they haven't for me. And that's the only reason um, that stopped me is because I'm genetically um, predisposed to a rugby union. Maybe. Yes, exactly. I'm <laughs> unable to move like the the Aussie rules people style do. Fo- yeah, style just, of football. That's it. Yeah, I'm the opposite of lean. Let's let's leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, and I'm the opposite of tall, so that's <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that's something to consider. You can't, you're not going to be uh, getting picked up too often when you're five ten in South American. So uh, that's what happens in AFL. 
That's it, mate. All right. Well, uh, well, that brings us to the end of the episode. So uh, on behalf of the bevy, I'd like to say thank you to all you signets and swanlings out there for listening in. Make sure to keep following us on Instagram and Facebook at a bevy of bloods for various content updates and announcements. Until then, up the bloods and can, can you squatties? Here we go. 